Recruiters, hello. Whenever possible, I'm going to book in to do a live session with the guests on this show in hope that these guests can answer your questions in real time. So on this episode, uh, this is the recording of the LinkedIn Live uh, that I did with Gabby Trotter, the episode that I shared this week. And quite simply, we answer a couple of questions from recruiters in the audience. um, And we get Gabby's take on how she's viewing the next four weeks with the announcement on the weekend, what has she been communicating to her team? What has she been finding out from her clients and candidates? What challenges does she expect over the the next four weeks? And we really focus on um, how is Gabby going to sort of approach managing her own mental health during this period? And we just really sort of talk a bit about uh, the things that no doubt a lot of you uh, are all thinking about at the moment. So I hope you enjoy it. And uh, I'll keep trying to uh, bring these to you uh, whenever the, the guests are free. And let me know your feedback. And maybe next time you can join the LinkedIn Live uh, with the Recruitment Mentors guests. Enjoy the episode. Hello, LinkedIn. <laughs> LinkedIn Live. I haven't done these for a few weeks. I think, Gabby, it's your first one, right? It is my first ever LinkedIn Live. Let's hope people turn up. I know. <laughs> <laughs> We're just talking about hopefully, yeah, at least one of your colleagues will hopefully turn up and and show up, which would be nice. Um, But uh, as we were just saying, so what we're going to do in the next sort of 30, 35 minutes that uh, we're going to be on this uh, LinkedIn Live is um, get your questions answered. So uh, for those of you that may or may not have seen or or listened yet, um, I released an episode of the Recruitment Mentors podcast with Gabby and we uncovered her recruitment journey from being a 19-year-old to join the industry to now managing and leading her own team. Um, so we are going to uh, talk a bit about um, the podcast and what we discussed. Yeah. But where we thought we would start is uh, just talking about, um, yeah, how how Gabby's feeling about um, with the announcement on the weekend, um, what you've been communicating to your team, how you're thinking about the next couple of weeks um, and then hopefully we'll get some questions from you lovely people that are joining us. So um, before I get Gabby to introduce herself, um, if you are joining us, let us know um, in the comments, let us know where you're joining us from today and uh, how you're feeling about the four week lockdown. I know, but um, Gabby, tell us a bit about who you are and what you do and uh, we'll go from there. Okay, brilliant. So I'm Gabby Trotter. Hopefully you've listened to the podcast, but if not, um, I've been in recruitment for, it's just gone five years now, and I recruit in the tech space, so specifically software testing roles across the Northwest and Yorkshire. And I have a small team sat alongside me as well, kind of covering the other locations throughout the UK. Yeah, awesome. Um, So let's start. Yeah. Where was you when you uh, heard the news about the lockdown on the weekend? Kind of maybe ironically, but I was out for food. Because um, <laughs> he kept us waiting so kindly for so long, it was literally like, right, we'll watch it before we go. We'll watch it in the car. We'll watch it before we go in. And it just got to the point where we were just sat at the table, both on our phones, like this at the meal. Yeah. You know, 
took took a little bit of the edge off a wonderful Saturday evening, but there we go. Um, I actually do remember kind of looking around me as well and thinking, I know this is rubbish, but how rubbish is it for everyone that actually works in this restaurant right now? Like, yeah, I yeah. felt myself lucky that I'm still going to continue going to work. So kind of put it in a bit of context for me, but... Not yeah, I think, yeah, perspective like that helps a lot, doesn't it? it does. Because you can get caught up in your own head and think your world's over and, and there's always some good places you can go. But so how, what, so let's start with like, what, what have you been communicating? So how big is your team again at the moment? It's myself and two others. Okay. So what, what have you, what have you communicated to your team? So I think and it's all that you can do is just keep in positive. Obviously, you know, we're facing the reality of it. It is very much, um, we're going to be back to that kind of completely work from home model and that's going to be an adjustment. But I really do feel hopeful given the sector that we work in and the fact that we've been through this once and everyone's moved to the remote working model and video interviews. I'm really hoping and touch wood that this time it's not going to be such a big shock and we're not going to see a big impact. So just kind of pushing on really and just trying to keep things um, moving forward as much as we can. Okay. Awesome. Fair enough. Um, so, so obviously you guys, are you going straight, are you working from home from? Yeah. So I'm in the office today. We're just kind of figuring things back out. Um, we're just a lot more prepared than last time in terms of the equipment that we can send people home with and just making sure that it's as easy as possible. But kind of as of tomorrow onwards, completely back working from home for for the full month, because, you know, it's the right thing to do for for everyone involved. So um, let me ask you this then. So like with that in mind, like what what do you see being the potential biggest challenge from a recruitment perspective over the next four weeks? So you're pushing on remaining positive. Like what what do you anticipate as the potential sort of challenge that you might have to deal with over the next couple of weeks? I think the challenge is going to lie more within kind of myself and the team than, than the clients and the candidates. As I say, I think it's just going to be getting used to, to, to kind of, I suppose, being alone again and not having the other people to bounce off. Um, I think that that's always a difficult adjustment um, to, to kind of go from that buzzing kind of sales environment that the recruitment is into kind of sitting into a room by yourself. So I think that, that that's going to be the biggest adjustment. As I say, I'm really hopeful that it's not going to have too much of a knock on effect around kind of interviews and everything like that, because we've kind of already dealt with all these barriers kind of six months ago. So I, I hope that that's not going to kind of crop back up again as an excuse for, for things to be kind of pulled or cancelled. Okay. So how, so I don't know, cause I, I've spoke to a couple of people um, yesterday and today where they had new starters this week and they're all starting fine. It's all good. Like how, how have the conversations been with clients and candidates then? Has it been the right way we're, we're carrying on? We're all going remote in the middle or end of the week. Like how, how have they reacted in, in your market? Yeah. So I would say already kind of, 85 to 90% were already working from home and never kind of made that return back. So they're obviously set. There's a couple that have been back in the office. So they're obviously going to take some time to kind of readjust to the remote working model. It depends. It's so much um, variation depending on the sectors that these people work within and kind of the setups that they have. Um, We've seen a couple of start dates getting pushed back because they'd rather actually be able to induct them in person in December so whether we'll see a bit more of that you know hopefully not but these are little things that might might crop up for us you know things being pushed into December so so that kind of takes the uncertainty out of it yeah sure okay interesting um so 
back to sort of interesting that you said around the potential challenges could actually be more internal in terms of your team and things like that. And I'm sure a lot of people are feeling the same way. So I guess, what did you learn from the previous lockdown and the challenges that we've sort of been going through over the last six or so months that sort of you're going to really try and focus on um, that will help you support your team, help them, I don't know, stay productive or help them manage um, with this challenge mentally like what what are you gonna sort of make sure you do for your team or try and implement with your team that can make sure the morale stays up and um yeah they're they're working um as well as they can and enjoying it yeah so definitely frequent check-ins and just making sure that the communication doesn't drop off the face of a cliff and you know we're all keeping in touch um something that worked really well previously and it doesn't always go to plan because obviously you know your day can sometimes change massively in this job you know you can't always plan what you're going to do but what we have done previously while working from home is kind of almost having like a group bd morning or a group bd session throwing in kind of little wins into teams and you know what's working for you what's not working for me and i think that gives you that sense of team even though you're all in split different locations and it just helps to kind of keep morale up so that was really fun last time so we'll definitely push on with that because i think it does help when you've got so you had sort of you had sort of group so you had sort of group activities and you all knew that yeah. you're sort of doing the similar things at the same time and then yeah. so and then this come this came out of a, a previous podcast but like how how important is it then to have a bit of a debrief after those sessions like would you always typically like have a bit of a so right right guys we're all in in this together we're doing this over the next couple of hours and then would you always make sure that you book in a bit of like okay well what did people achieve what do you do did, do you typically book in a debrief and has that helped Yeah, definitely. I think when you work from home, it's really easy to constantly communicate with each other when things are going well, but it's really easy to to keep things to yourself and hide away from it when things are going badly. You know, so I just want to obviously make clear to the team that don't just come to me with good news, come to me with the bad, come to me if you're struggling and Mm -hmm. just making sure that, you know, people aren't sitting there alone, kind of letting things run away with them. Yeah, yeah, sure. Interesting. Okay, so for for anyone that's um, joined us, please do. uh, We're going to chat for another uh, 15, uh, 20 minutes. So um, do let us know if you have any questions um, and we'll we'll get those answered. Um, But look, I think um, one of the things that I really took from um, our podcast, um, Gabby, was sort of how you've had to get better at um, really understanding what motivates your team. So it's about back to this point. Um, and I guess the maybe final point, unless we get some questions like, how are you going to encourage or touch on people's drivers remotely? Or does that change at all? I don't know. Like, th- mm. does that become more difficult? Like, how how are you going to make sure that, yeah, you encourage people's drivers when you're all sitting, I don't know, at home? Yeah, it, I think it does become more difficult because I think everything almost switches and again I'm saying that I'm hopeful that it's it's nowhere near as extreme as last time but you almost switch from normal day-to-day life and what you're working towards to almost a little bit more of kind of a fight or flight mode where it's just very much you know oh we just want we just want to get through this month you know obviously we want the billings to remain and we want to do well but it almost kind of fades into the background a little bit more and people are just conscious of like let's just get through this month so I think it's just making sure that people refer back to the long-term goals and realize, yeah, it might be a tougher month, but we're working towards a bigger picture here and your bigger goals and your bigger targets. And let's not just write those up, you know, let's keep, let's keep really focused on those and help them to drive us through. 
Okay. Interesting. And um, I think a, a big challenge is, is obviously what people can have to go through mentally with this, mm. right? Because I think, um, I don't know, I, ju- I just think it's, I mean, yeah, as we said earlier, like there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be in tougher situations. But oh. I think a lot of people might feel like they were just starting to build up some momentum and then sort of like, oh, God's sake, right, I've got to adapt back to this now, right? So I guess um, what what are you going to do yourself to sort of give yourself the best possible chance of having more good days than potential bad days mentally. I mean, for me, the things that really helped me were making sure that um, I left the house, Mm, left the flat and actually went for a walk, even if that's like a 15, 20 minute walk, um, because you can, that you can always find things to do and and, and work to do. Um, For me, it was, yeah. and, And then part of that is like, try and try and exercise as much as possible um oh, if that's yeah. if that's um obviously yeah, just running but don't be too hard on yourself if you miss a couple of days mm-hmm. um and then for me um I don't know what what your experience was like but uh during the last lockdown like a casual beer with dinner always quite easy turns like two three four beers with dinner Ooh, yeah <laughs> I strongly relate um to that one, yeah so like so I guess for me I'm just gonna try and make sure that I have a morning routine that sort of mm. gives me the best chance of having a better day, uh, go for as many walks as possible um, and try and not drink as much. Yeah. Um, what, what are you going to try and do that hopefully will, will help you have better days than bad days? Yeah, I think the exercise one and the going for walk one is great. And obviously, you know, we're, we're in a tougher time of year. It was all fun and games in summer, finishing work, and it was a light evening and going for a wander. Not so fun in the <laughs> and pitch black dark, but it's going to be that extra push to just get yourself to leave the house 100%. I think that's going to be so important. Um, for me as well, I think actually just getting ready for the day and as you mm. would if you were coming to a workplace and, you know, not just sitting there in in pajamas or whatever it would be because I think that does help your mindset a lot um so just just approaching every day as as you would normally I know it's not normal but just trying to to kind of keep that routine as much yeah. as possible sure so yeah so I think having a bit of a I think it's like having a bit of a routine but have, making sure that you're trying to build a routine that like serves you as well do you know yeah. what I mean and recognize that oh actually yeah when I do wake up and go on my phone straight away that doesn't really make my day start very well or whatever do you know what I mean like actually like thinking about right what 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 routine can really help me have have a good day um that's awesome love that so like how I think on this point I think what what can be what I've heard quite a few times and what can be quite difficult as as a manager of a team is like yeah picking up on those cues or picking up on when people might be struggling. Do you know what I mean? So, cause it can be quite hard, can't it? To sort of really read body language for a screen or it it might, it it could be easier for your guys to be like, no, I am okay. When really they're not, do you know what I mean? Because there's a screen between us and we're not, we can't sort of sense that sort of energy when we're face to face sitting next to each other. So I guess what, what are you, what, how do you approach like just really trying to make sure that you're checking in with the guys and making sure they're okay and stuff like that? What, what, what worked for you previously? Yeah, it's so hard, isn't it? It's, it's that transition because we're, we're so funny, my team. You know, we, we know each other and we read each other so well that if someone comes in and they sit down in the first thing, you kind of know, okay, let's give them like, <laughs> a cup of coffee and yeah, let yeah. them bed in because they're obviously not feeling it as much today. But, <laughs> you know, over teams, you, you can't get that same read. So I think 
I think it's just, you know, pestering really and just making sure that it's constant communication and constant checking in and just making sure that you're asking the, the right questions that you can get to, to kind of an issue quickly if needs be. Yeah, and I, and I think I think this came from your podcast, right? And I think part of that is like, yeah, that doesn't mean that you're always calling them and asking them about recruitment, right? Like also checking in, like, yeah, asking about life and, and what's going on. Right. Yeah, of course, definitely. And I think, you know, one of the guys on my team, he does live alone. So I know that it's going to be difficult for him because he's not got that family there or that partner there. So, I'm, you know, I'm already thinking about that in advance and I know it is going to be a tough time for him. So just making sure that we're, we're checking in on people because there'll be a lot of people in that same situation. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, I guess um, another thing on this, which I think will be interesting for, for people that um with us and, and might be managers i guess how are you i guess you'll see how it goes but like what's your thought process on certain um activities that you want to be looking at right now in terms of like measuring performance stuff like that do you know what i mean because i know last time um when we recorded the podcast i know it's different now but you said that you went back to basics and you really focused on small wins seems like hopefully obviously a lot of your clients have sort of in a position now where they can push forward and and this wouldn't affect them too much but how are you yeah. thinking in terms of like activities and, and sort of what you keep what you think you're going to keep an eye on in terms of performance wise of the team and stuff like that definitely yeah so obviously keeping an eye on metrics and kind of kpis is going to be really important and and we're staying hopeful so as long as we are seeing that those cv center turn into interviews then you know everything's going as we're planning if we're starting to see that dropping off and we're realizing that the people that we're already working with are perhaps slowing things down or they're going to put things on hold, we need to identify that early and kind of flip the switch into a very kind of business development focused place. So mm. obviously, I think we're going to take this week to kind of read the market, read what's going on and then kind of make a, a plan of action from there. Um, that makes sense. Exactly where we're up to, I suppose. And how? And, and the, what, what does that consist of? How are you approaching that? Is it as simple as... Right, right, guys, like we over the next week, the sort of task is right, we need to check in with all of our clients, the clients that we have requirements with who are hiring, and and then really start to build a picture and then use all that context then as, as what the plan is. 100%. Yeah. So just not burying your head in the sand at all. We'd rather know now if someone is pushing that role back or that role's being pulled, whatever it might be best to know ASAP and then you can kind of factor that into your month and go from there so just asking those leading questions getting a good a good read of exactly where you're up to um I think is going to be really important over the next few days for everyone whatever sector they're in yeah sure and so if, so if I if I, I think that's a great exercise right like if, if you're what if you're joining us and and you're not approaching at this this week that's probably something that maybe you should think about as you said I think the idea and what you want to do is be in the position of the um, be in the know if if people yeah. are going to start saying well actually let's just hold off on hiring this person or we're going to push the start dates back till December maybe in the new year um, so you really want to be in the know right yeah, so definitely. I guess what what I think might be valuable uh, for people um, is like if I do have those conversations this week and it really turns out that actually yeah people are going to wait till mm. December or actually that's actually quite close to Christmas. So actually what we'll do, we'll, we'll wait, we'll yeah, start people in the new year, yeah. right? That, that could happen, right? So if I'm then like, right, wow, okay, I need to I need to then have a bit of a business development push and, and make sure I'm doing that. How, how are you, how do you think you're going to then be approaching that? 
with what like over the next four weeks you know what i mean because i think that was one of the biggest challenges for and still maybe the biggest challenge in terms of clients and business development and and, and winning uh business like how yeah. how how are you going to be approaching business development if it does turn out that quite a few people actually aren't hiring as you anticipated and you need to back get back and making sure that um you've got plenty of opportunities yeah, no, definitely. I think it, it's pretty much the same as what you're saying on the client side. So d- knowledge is power. So it's just knowing if, okay, so if these people that I'm working with aren't pushing forward, how do I find out who is? And I think the way to do that is going to be to tap into your network and to tap into candidates that are out there, you know, on the call face that are looking for jobs and, and, and finding out information from them, who is still pushing on with the recruitment and, and where where should I be channeling my energy towards? They're, they're going to be the ones in the know right now so mm. just tapping into that network really yeah awesome love that so um look we're we're gonna let, try and get some questions gabby if you've got any yeah. of your colleagues you can drop a message getting to ask some some questions to help oh, us out <laughs> but no we're, we're gonna chat no we're gonna um chat for another 10 minutes and then we'll we'll finish this but i guess so we've spoken a lot about clients, spoken about what we're going to approach there. What, what you So what I've been hearing a lot, Gabby, I'd be interested to get your thoughts on this, and this might resonate with people, is like surely like the confidence of a candidate moving in this market has probably been even more damaged, right, in terms of what's going on. So I guess I'm sure that's, um, I'm assuming here, but like is a common challenge you're hearing maybe from for yourself or for your guys that, um, look, people are really worried about moving in this market so i guess how have you how have you been how have you been dealing with that if a candidates in candidates in your market have been sort of telling you and your team that that they're really they're really not confident to to move what 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 have you been talking what have you been communicating and how have you been overcoming that so a lot of it is just it's just very much kind of i don't want to say hand holding but almost hand holding people through the process obviously it's a super sensitive time it's a tricky time to move roles totally different if you've obviously been let go or you're on furlough and you're moving for security but if you're in a secure role it it seems like a very bold move to be moving to another role right now um but just tapping into you know what was the reason in the first place that we spoke what was the reason you applied or the reason that you you took the phone call from me you're after something more and and this role is providing that there's always an element of a leap of faith but Sometimes you have to to kind of make these big decisions in life to get the big payout. So it's just guiding people through the process and, you know, not applying too much pressure and knowing when to step away when it's just simply, you know, not the right thing for them or, or for your client. Yeah, yeah, sure. And then like, is, it, is that something that you're then communicating back to clients that, look, we are going to the market, we're speaking to people and people really are worried about moving. Like, I don't know, is, is I don't know, have you sort of had those conversations with clients and they've sort of helped um communicate to you why how serious they are about hiring and it isn't going to be first in first out mm. do you know what i mean like what what yeah. what have you been collaborating with clients and sort of trying to communicate this as well and how they how they've been handling that or what, what do they think of that your clients definitely and that's like a number one kind of key new question that we're asking at any point of taking down a new role or taking down a new spec is obviously what's the reason for the vacancy but how have you fared throughout this period? Have you got people on furlough at the moment? Have you had to make anyone redundant? And mm. we're not necessarily going to say anything um, negative, whatever the answer is, but it's being armed with the information and just trying to find out um, 
exactly what we can, I suppose, feed back to the candidates to make sure that they know that this is a safe move. So if it's an e-commerce client, you know, if sales are up a certain amount, then brilliant, note that down. And that's like a key nugget mm. of information that's going to help people make make a more informed decision. Yeah, so, so it's really tapping into that consultative piece, isn't it? And yeah. like really digging into like, why are they hiring this person? And yeah, context like that, like, well, actually we've increased 500% in sales and we, that's why we need this person, blah, blah, blah. And that hopefully can just give you an even better chance of instilling confidence um, in people. Um, so I guess um, with that um, as well then, like, do you, I've seen this quite quite a lot, but obviously there's going to be candidate. There's going to be a lot of struggles for, for candidates, mm. right. Um, in this market, obviously some people might be put back on furlough or still be on furlough. Yeah. Um, but how, what advice have you been candidate to give being given candidates to sort of, um, help themselves <laughs> get opportunities. Right. I think, um, Oh, actually I've got a question from your colleague. Let's, <laughs> let's get it up in here. I think, yeah, it's pretty much where I was going. Chris, but what advice would you give to candidates that are looking for new roles and how to make themselves stand out from others, right? That was sort of where I was going because I'm sure you might be yeah. getting that a lot. Um, and this might mean that it may not involve a recruiter, right? But like, I don't know what, I'm sure you're getting this a lot. So I guess what have you been sort of communicating to your network on sort of um, what can help candidates actually break through the noise and have a chance in um, getting back into employment or progressing their career? Yeah. No, definitely. So number one, I think working with a recruiter and the right recruiter is definitely, you know, a top tip and it's definitely worthwhile. I think as well, I think quality over quantity in terms of the applications that you're making, because there's so many applications and we find it when we're posting jobs at the moment. I know that obviously if you're looking for something new, what you want to do is, you know, blanket approach almost. But I think you get so much more back when you actually probably tailor your application and tail your email and cover letter or whatever it is to that specific role even if you only end up applying for half the amount I truly do think that will make a big difference in actually seeing um, a response kind of increase because I think Mm -hmm. there's so many applications at the moment there's so many candidates that it's not enough to just kind of be good and have a good CV you need you know a great CV and you need to stand out yeah so are you are you finding then because it's interesting actually and, and thank you, Chris, for that question. Um, so I, I've had quite a few conversations and they're, they're, in, they're in different different industries, a couple of recruiters that um, are in the design space, UX, UI, um, and a couple of tech recruiters as well. Yeah. So the context that I've got is that actually over the last sort of couple of weeks, they've actually noticed a real drop off in applications. Have you not? Have you not experienced that? Like they've put out quite a few vacancies over the last couple of weeks, and actually, compared to where it was like three, four, five months ago, yeah. like they're getting a they're getting a significant less amount of applications. I suppose it's difficult for for what I do because testing pre pandemic, during pandemic, after pandemic, whatever, you're always just going to get a lot of applications. That is just okay. the market. It's always been the same since I started work in the market so I wouldn't say that I have seen a drop off if anything you know there was a role that we posted the other day and I think overnight we had like 150 applications for that one role wow. and I don't think that you know obviously there was some people that were completely unsuitable but you know there was a big big amount of genuinely suitable people it's just you know it's how it's so difficult then to filter that down to a shortlist mm. as I say you know 
if someone's got the edge by this much by what they've written on their CV or their tailored cover letter, you know, they're going to get your slot. So it's so yeah. competitive. So, so, so on that, and I think this is a real common challenge as well. And, and let me know if sort of you and all your, your guys have been dealing with this is, so what you just said there, right. In terms of you posted a position, you got, yeah, X amount of applications. And actually there was a, a good chunk of people that um, actually fit the mark, right. Mm. Potentially. What, how do you deal with the objection of, well, Gabby, look, why would we pay you a fee if we can do that? Like we can put up a job and get X amount of people do all that. Do you know what I mean? Cause I'm sure yeah. that's, I'm sure that's an objection we get. Right. Well, yeah. How have you been overcoming that? And how have you been communicating to clients as to, well, actually this is the value that we can bring. And it's not as easy as putting a job out, getting all these applications then filling the job. Mm, definitely. Well, number one, it's so time consuming to, to thoroughly and properly go through all the applications to start with. So, you know, I, it's my job to do that. So that's fine. I can spend my day doing that. If you're the test manager or the CTO, I'm sure you've got plenty of other things that you need to be doing. And, you know, it's just not viable to feed through that many applications. Um, and as well, you know, although there'll be, there'll be great applications in there, a lot of the placements that we do is from more so referrals or, you know, headhunting people directly. So, you know, you're not always going to get the best person by just putting an advert out. And I suppose that's what we're saying, you know, put your own advert out if you like, but then let me provide who I can find best out of my network uh, and we'll see, we'll see who's best. That's kind of my go-to line. Really? <laughs> Give me a go and we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, so just got a question from um, Max. Let me put it on the screen and let, let's end it here. And then um, look, if anyone wants to ask Gabby anything further, drop her a connection. I'm, I'm sure she'd be happy to help. Yeah. So this is an interesting one. How does Gabby go about business development when hiring managers are working from home and you can't actually get hold of them by calling the company? Mm. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm assuming then, in, yeah, if you can't get through typical switchboards or I don't know, I guess you want to try and get their mobile number, but what? <laughs> yeah. But, um, I mean, number one, scour the internet for the mobile number. Um, <laughs> and then I think, I think just, just embracing the fact that, that most people are not going to be as accessible on the phone at the moment. So you really need to step up your game in terms of the content that you're sounding out there via emails and the content that you're putting out across kind of social media and LinkedIn to, to catch people's eye. So I think just adapting and evolving your approach. Um, and I, I would always say as well, you know, feel free to reach out to people on different platforms that you wouldn't normally think to do so whether that's um away from linkedin and on a twitter account or wherever you can find these people within reason you know let's not harass people but let's be a little bit more inventive with it and you know you can always fall back on that the excuse that well i couldn't get you on the phone so i sent you a dm <laughs> <laughs> so do you, do you actually think that people were less contactable then seen that obviously you know there's been an increase in in trying to get hold of people through normal means and obviously just kind of you know phone lines literally ringing out at offices not even kind of a voicemail so I, I think that it has definitely got more difficult but mm. I would say my approach has always been not necessarily reliant on the phone anyway so I've not seen a massive change but I can see yeah. if you're that person that loves getting on the phone to people how, how it could be quite a tough time. Yeah I guess it's that idea isn't it that initially yeah you may think you have loads of time but and then you wake up and realize that you've got 30 back-to-back -back zoom video calls booked in your diary <laughs> yeah. so, do you know what i mean so like yeah i, I get as to why that could be um, a bit more uh, difficult but um look 
That's 30 minutes. I know. I went quick, didn't it? It went really well, quick. Um, look, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Um, thanks for, for those of you that, that joined. Um, as I said, look, if you want to uh, learn more about sort of Gabby's journey and, and sort of what she's learned along the way in her sort of recruitment career, make sure you check out our episodes. Um, and yeah, it, drop Gabby a connection if you want to ask her anything and, and you think she may be able to help. I'm sure she'll be happy to help. And um, hopefully we can all get it through this together, right? Just let's yeah, just try and try and do. Th- yeah, just I guess. <laughs> For me, I'm just thinking about, right, what can I do today that hopefully can help me have a, a good day and, and continue to try and do that rather than focusing on all the things that I can't control and those things, right? Um, but Gabby, thank you so much. Absolute pleasure. No problem. Thank you.